It was just a small incident during the Battle of Rourke's Drift, but it was an intense one and one of amazing bravery. And here's the paragraph from Donald Morris's classic book, The Washing of the Spears, about the Anglo-Zulu War. The wounded were moaning for water and the canteens were long since drained. The two wheeled water carts stood in the yard and towards midnight, Chard led a charge over the Western Barricade. A group of men boiled up over the wall, firing and stabbing at the Zulus along the back wall and smashing them down with clubbed rifles, while others grabbed at the Dissle boom and pulled the cart over to the enclosure. It was too large to hoist in, but it drained through a valve and a leathern hose, and they led the hose over the wall and slaked there first. My guest today, Colin Matheson, was so inspired by that single paragraph in the book that he decided to base an entire graphic novel on it. Even if comic books aren't your thing, I think you'll really enjoy this interview with Colin. He goes in-depth on his research, his passion for the Anglo-Zulu War, and other comic books that you may not have heard of that cover the war. I started off by asking him what was so special about this small incident? Why did he find it so compelling? Partly the reason, Chris, I'll be honest, is if you look at the size of the washing of the spears, it's a huge tome of a book. And trying to draw a graphic novel based on the whole Zulu Wars would have taken absolutely forever. Um, for that wee paragraph you read uh, on the, the water cart sortie, it's barely you know two or three lines. And I thought, well, if ever there's an opportunity to actually sort of develop a storyline within a very small overlooked incident, you know, there, they, 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 you know, there it was. Uh, I'm a big reader of the uh, George MacDonald Fraser Flashman books, uh, and you know, he's a great talent for sort of uh, marrying up, you know. Um, factual incidents and real people along with obviously Harry Flashman character. So I kind of thought maybe I'll do that, um, you know, and try and get some storytelling in there and develop the characters uh, for, for a comic book rather than some, you know, historical article. So moving on, I was interested to know, you've obviously done a bucket load of research for this, sort of how did you go about researching broadly the Battle of Rourke's Drift, but then more specifically this water cart sortie? Because, you know, like I say, there's only a paragraph or so in Washing of the Spears. How did you then take your research forward? Uh, it was interesting because, you know, what I'm talking about really is sort of two versions of the story. So originally uh, it was before I actually went out to South Africa. So I'd only seen Rourke's Drift um, from the movies and documentaries and, of course, lots and lots of reading. Uh, so I tried to piece together as best I could, you know, the actual layout um, of, of the rocks and the perimeters and everything as best I could. Uh, in those early days, I couldn't find a you know, satisfactory image of the water cart itself. Uh, so I actually had um, um, a water, um, a William Britton's model, you know, the toy soldiers. So I actually used that as reference material originally for the water cart. But in terms of the actual action, as you rightly say, it's very, very brief. I think Hook um, gives a very brief account uh, about we sort of fetched some, fetched some water in. Uh, but the more I read, there was some confusion or doubt as to who actually took part in the sortie. Uh, was it three or four members or, f or more? Uh, was it Bromhead or was it Chard who actually led the sortie? And as a comic storyteller, that was actually interesting. You know, I could actually make something out of the dynamics and mystery as to who actually took part. Uh, I think in the wider you know, concept or wider scope of uh, Rock's Rift and Zula Wars, it's a fairly minor incident. Um, so it had been possibly overlooked, maybe it wasn't important enough uh, or, or detailed enough with everything else going on. Uh, but for storytelling and comics, you know, to introduce, you know, you know the actual scene of you know, the soldiers battling the Zulus, why they were there to some small degree, 
what led up to the you know the dramatic action of of the water cart uh, at the sortie well, you know it seemed to me quite ideal to actually sort of flesh that out a little bit you know give the desperation of the soldiers i, I remember being influenced uh, as a child seeing the movie at a very young age and what really struck me i guess was two things one was the, the actual tension the real dramatic tension of the soldiers behind those barricades fighting for a long time in desperate circumstances and the Zulus and their bravery, sort of relentless, you know, and then just attacking and, and the respect shown to both sides. So I tried, you know, to try and, you know, replicate that in some way uh, with, with the comic in the storytelling device itself. And have you always uh, been an artist? Have you always made comics and graphic novels and things? Or did you did you get into this purely to tell this story? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I've, I've always doodled, as my wife would say. Uh, I remember years ago, um, you know, with a school trip, um, up to the Battle of Killiecrankie uh, up in Scotland, uh, my, my native Scotland. And um, after that, you were to draw something and everybody else had drawn trees and animals and soft, fluffy things. And I just drew the Highlanders fighting the British soldiers, English. Uh, so I've always had this bent for drawing historical characters. Uh, but for many years, I then sort of, you know, got into superheroes. Uh, the American comics were very popular. And I drew my own superheroes for many years very, very badly. Um, so I, I, I think I went to a talk a long time ago about uh, a comic convention about you know, trying to break into comics and do your own stories. And the overriding theme was, well, write what you know, write what you're passionate about. And for some reason, I couldn't get too passionate about these superheroes jumping around and saving the world. Uh, so instead, I turned to my history books and found you know, lots of inspiration from all the stories, particularly Victorian you know, colonial period. Um, you know, and there's a few other things came to help me as well with the you know, reenactors and things, which I'll maybe talk about in a bit. Yeah, well, you 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 mentioned reenactors. That's probably a good place to discuss it. Then I understand that uh, watching reenactors and talking to them really helped you get the the look and feel of the graphic novel right. Is that correct? Well, well, yes. Hopefully, um, they, they really helped. Uh, th thanks, Chris. I mean, it was um, back in '99, to be honest, which is a long time ago now. But it was the you know the 120th anniversary of of the battles in the Zulu War, and the diehards uh, you'll be familiar with, I'm sure, it led ably by Tim Rose and at the time Graham Gilmore. Um, I'd uh, I, I was vaguely aware of them, I think, from some magazines. But luckily for us, we took a family trip to English Heritage at the time in the UK. We're doing big reenactment events called History in Action. And it's kind of a multi-period event, you know, with the Romans, you know, all the way through Napoleonic and Victorian and the World Wars. And the diehards were there with Ian Knight, uh, who I'd recently bought some of his Osprey books to start with. And unbeknown to me at the time, but they're actually film, filming some additional scenes um, to go with the Blood Mountain documentary they made for the 120th trip, which is worth worth anyone checking out if you, if you haven't seen it. Um, so, um, much to my family's delight, I, I spent the whole time sort of stalking the diehards on the Ian Knight uh, around their encampment and taking multiple photographs to get you know, the uniforms right, and Martini Henrys and everything, chatting to Ian about, you know, about you know, just the Zulu Wars. I was a bit of a fanboy, I'll be honest. <laughs> and I think he was a bit uh, either embarrassed or a bit uh, bemused by this, chat, this uh, adult Scotsman chasing him around this uh, reenactment show. But th there you go. <laughs> so, but, but through that, I struck a bit of a correspondence uh, with Graham Gilmore at the time, and he was very kind enough to send me some additional photographs taken on location of their 120th trip, uh, which obviously had the, the action scenes of them and the Zulus reenacting the Battle of Isanwana. 
So I found that extremely useful. You know, up until then, I my sketchbooks were starting to slowly fill with soldiers. You know, copied maybe from photographs and things and the historical books. But as you know, off the off the period, they're, they're a bit dull. Those photographs, they're just you know, people stood and you know posing, you know, looking very for, stern, for, very much so. Yeah, for the family portraits. So for a comic, it had to be full of action and you know more you know dynamic scenes. So that's where those photographs from from Graham and the Diehards proved very very useful. Um, so you know with those and the more little figure work. I slowly started to piece out the, the water cart. Although I should say, Chris, that when I started the water cart, I assumed it'd be like a one-page or a two-page episode because it was so brief. Uh, it wasn't until I came down to draw it to sort of start fleshing out to be a bigger project. Yeah. No, I think it, I think that works. I think if it had just been that battle for the water cart there, I don't think it would have had the same power. But I think by building the characters and all of that, it really, really works well. And I wanted to ask you, actually, what's the response been? I know the comic has been out for a while, but you're re-releasing it in a new format. But in general, what's the response been over the years from experts on the Anglo-Zulu War, from reenactors, people like that? What have they said to you about it? Well, I've been very grateful for the response. I'll be honest. Um, I've always made it, you know, um, made, made it clear that I'm not a, a historian myself. I'm an illustrator and a storyteller. Um, so much in the same way as a movie, you know, a sort of dramatic license is, is, is to be employed. Um, but after the comic first came out, it came out in two parts, originally black and white. Uh, and I went to various comic shows that I was doing anyway with the superhero comics and a few other comics that were doing at the time. And it had a great re reception from, from normal comic fans, if you like, because it reminded them of the comics of their childhood uh, in the UK at the time. You're getting Commando, Warlord, um, Victor, all these sort of you know, gung-ho, perhaps, World War II type stories. Um, so I had a, you know, um, a great reception from, from those fans. From the historians and military types, it wasn't until a little bit later I was invited to some of the, um, the gatherings they used to do at Brecon, um, you know the, the Royal Welsh Museum in, in, in Brecon. They had the Zulu War Historical Society uh, organised a couple of events there, and then laterally got involved with the National Army Museum. So that brought me really into the, the lion's den. I thought, crikey, I'll be meeting these reenactors with my version of what I've done and everything else. And at that stage, I still hadn't been to South Africa. Uh, and, and in fairness, they were very kind. Uh, they took it in the spirit it was meant. Um, it's not supposed to be, you know, accurate in terms of factually accurate. Yeah. Although I've tried to make it representative and, and authentic to the period and the uniforms uh, and the rifles and the Zulus, um, you know, and details and so forth. Um, uh, and they've been very kind to me, I think, you know, uh, no one's expecting like a, a big, you know, weighty academic tome. It, it, it is a comic meant for enjoyment. Uh, and it's been a great tool, I think, for introducing the period to a lot of people who only knew, only know the history through the movie, um, the Michael Caine movie. Uh, and I've had a great reaction to that. Just last weekend, I was down in Portsmouth uh, with a new version of the comic, and I was blown away by the reception. A lot of military types down there working at the historic docks, uh, and the comic, the new version, went down extremely well. It actually sold out, uh, which, was, which was amazing, and lots of lovely comments afterwards. Well, that, that's, a, that's a great segue then to tell us about the new version. So the original you, you independently published, is that right, sort of 2002, 2003. What's different with the new one? What, what can people expect? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the original one, Chris, um, it sold out a long time ago and it, um, it's actually kept on popping up on eBay uh, for, for, for huge sums. Well, well, but 10 times, you know, whatever it originally cost, the cover price. And... Um, when I finally did go to South Africa, my first trip was 2010, 
uh, with Ian Knight, one of his tours, and I met some wonderful people there and had great experiences touring the whole battlefield sites. Uh, and that really inspired me to, you know, to return to the comic. A few people were asking about it. They couldn't get hold of it. Um, I kind of let that lie for quite a long time. And it wasn't until really my, my subsequent trips and I got, you know, got to know the Zulu people a little bit more and inspired by them. And I kind of felt the original comic, you know, I hadn't really done enough for their perspective. You know, I'd done a little bit to show the balance, hopefully, between both sides. But I felt that the Zulus, and particularly the impact of the battle and the whole Zulu Wars, that should be reflected more in the comic itself. Um, so I decided then to sort of embark on, you know, going back to the originals, remastering the artwork, uh, which involved any little mistakes I'd noticed with the uniforms or, or the sleeves or whatever uh, I tried to correct. Um, and a friend of mine, Matthew Soph, um, he was getting into comics and colouring comics, and he coloured one or two short strips for me. And I felt, well, black and white of the originals is, is fine, but it's fairly simple. Colour would really enhance it and bring it alive. So he became, came on board. He, he's also got a big love of the period and, you know, pith helmets and such like. So we had a big blast, um, you know, colouring it. You know, but I'm sure he got a bit fed up with me because by this time I was getting more and more deeply into the history and the authenticity. So we send back things and say, well, yes, you know, the collar of that uh, uniform should be a deeper green, you know, for the, you know, and so forth. All oh, right, okay. So uh, it went backwards and forwards, um, but he made a fantastic job. Uh, to such a degree, I should mention that he's gone on now. To, he started it really to help me out, and he's now uh, colouring comics professionally um, for a lot of the American oh, wow. publishers. Um, yeah, um, 2000 AD, a British comic, Judge Dredd. He's coloured some of those strips and um, some American strips as well. So he's doing extremely well. Um, yeah. So the original two-part water cart has all been remastered uh, and recolored and re-lettered. Uh, the original was hand-lettered, every word balloon I had to write myself. Uh, I've done it now in a computer program, and the same with some of the sound effects. But with that experience of meeting the Zulus and trying to get more into their perspective, I've done a whole brand new story dealing with the aftermath. It's a 16-page story, um, told from both the viewpoints, one of the British defenders uh, dealing a bit with post-traumatic stress uh, of the battle, and then the Zulus from a perspective of a, a young boy and girl um, who are still waiting for, the, for, their, for their fathers to return from the battle uh, and maybe not accepting what's happened to them. Um, and then bringing those two factors together in, in possibly a tragic circumstance. Uh, I, don't, I don't spoil it <laughs> for you, but uh, uh, I've tried to be you know, as balanced as I could. And, and for this second, for the new story as well, because I'd been to Rock's Drift several times by then, um, hopefully it's more you know, accurate in the scenery and the landscape and so forth than the original. Um, but uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Brilliant. So if people want to buy a copy, where, whereabouts can they get it? Is it available at the minute? Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Chris. Well, my, my, through, through my blog is probably the best way uh, initially. Um, Moment of Adventure um, blogspot. Um, it'll be available there. I'm also talking to uh, the comic distributors, um, Diamond, who distribute comics to the whole world uh, and hopefully be carried by them. Uh, at the very least, I'm hoping to be in the UK market available through them. Um, but um, uh, otherwise, it'd be through the, through um, you know, my blog. I say um, my son, my son also has a comic shop here in the UK in Warrington. Uh, it'd be available through him, Scott's Pops and Comics. Uh, if if you're happy, Chris, I can send you the link um, to put Please on do. the video, um, and it'd be available there. So the um, the colorized watercart version is available just now in a very limited quantity that I've printed for the start of this convention season. 
but the new expanded version with the you know the aftermath epilogue story I've mentioned um, and additional features uh, will be available at the Clash of Empires exhibition for, for for the first time. So I'll be able to buy a copy myself, will I? Definitely, definitely. You can even have it signed. Even have it signed for no extra cost. <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> oh, well, that's that's brilliant. And I, I wanted to mention, so, you know, probably much like yourself, I'm just seeing if I've got a copy lying around here. No, I think one of the kids was looking at it. I've got, you know, some of the old commando annuals and I've got Charlie's, I've got Charlie's War. I've got a collection of Charlie's War um, comics as well. Well, you know, they made them into sort of graphic novels. I have one of those. But I feel like, except for what you're doing, I, may, maybe I'm looking in the wrong places, but I don't see these on the bookshelves anymore. I'm not seeing kids reading these sorts of things. You know, like you mentioned, they're, they're looking at superheroes, which always annoy me because superheroes are just given these amazing gifts of powers, you know, whether they're from another planet or they get bitten by a spider. And I don't feel that teaches kids anything. I feel there's such a space for the sort of comic books that you and I would have read as a kid about things like military history, about people doing great stuff. Well, that's, that's true, Chris. I mean, I've been very, 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 very pleased with the reception it's had because it's not just you know, you know, blokes of a certain age buying the comic. You know, it's actually young kids as well. My art style is, you know, is quite accessible. I think. Uh, I mean, I've been some people kind, very kindly said it's um, reminiscent of uh, the, the the old Tintin comics uh, by Hergé. Um, which, oh, wow, that'd be a great compliment to me. Um, but yeah, there seems to be an absence at the moment of anything really like that. Um, you know, for kids now, superheroes or manga and anime is so so popular. Um, but I was encouraged, you know, last weekend, I say I was down in Portsmouth, and um, a couple of kids said they actually studied the British colonial period um, at school in recent years. Um, so it is on the curriculum. Um, so possibly it would be, you know, maybe a teaching aid for, 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 for that. Um, I should mention, not sure I've got any to hand, but you know, um, whilst the UK has been lacking for many years any sort of you know um, Victorian type you know comics and so forth on the continent in Europe, there's been some classics uh, published. I discovered after I embarked on my episode, there was a, a French um, volume which you might just have here. Yeah, um, have you heard uh, Zululand? Oh no, I didn't. I'm not aware of that. No, well, we had some holidays in France. It's published by Soleil, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, you can see there, Soleil. Oh, wow. So it's, okay. I think it might be by an Italian artist, George Romola. Um, but it's, it's, it's amazing. I, I discovered after the first water car to rescue came out, uh, and it actually covers the whole campaign. It's in no 18 way. volumes. Uh, covers everything from Shaka Zulu's rise to power uh, right up to the, the First Boer War. Um, wow. and, and you know, Louis, Louis Napoleon's death, which is obviously very important to the French. That's not been put, uh, translated into English. Wow, what a missed opportunity. I'm, I'm sensing a, a gap in the market here. Maybe you need to step in and get the rights for it in English. Well, well maybe there is, maybe there is. I, I haven't got just a hand, it's on my shelf. Um, but have you heard, there's Italian, another Italian classic uh, 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 artist called Hugo Pratt, does Corto no. Maltese. Anyone in comics will know that. It's a classic adventure uh, strip. Um, fascinating character, travels the world, lots of various um, uh, you know, escapades. Uh, he did a one-off one comic called uh, Cato Zulu, um, which has been published in uh, Italian, Spanish, French, and Danish, but again, not English. Um, so uh, there's very few. But there was, I did discover, in the 60s and 70s, there were a few more comics came out 
uh, British uh, publications called Look and Learn uh, and The Hornet, Hotspur, so boys' comics, really. Uh, and I yeah. think, think The Hornet, actually, is very worth checking out. It's uh, from 1960s, and uh, it features the art of Carlos Esquera, uh, the Spanish artist who is the uh, cartoonist behind, best known for Judge Dredd. Uh, he cut his uh, comics teeth doing a Zulu War comic strip, uh, oh, wow. which is which is quite something. But yeah, I, I agree. I get quite passionate about comics, uh, as you can tell. And uh, I, I think there is an opportunity missed. I'd, I'd like to see more of them. Uh, although I did, um, can I mention, I did, I did do some work for the National Army Museum. Um, oh, what did you do? Yeah, well, so they, if, if, if people have been to the National Army Museum in London and Chelsea, it um, closed for refurbishment about four or five years ago and then reopened after a big multi-million refit. And it's very much a modern, you know, um, light and airy museum. And um, they were looking for an artist to do a commission for the new um, social, um, um, social gallery. And I was commissioned to portray uh, or show how the military had been portrayed in the media over a hundred year period starting from uh, Victorian story papers um, all the way through the Victorian conflicts, uh, Crimea, uh, and all the way through to World Wars, uh, and then up to the boys' comics of my youth, the 1970s. So I had to change my art style for each decade. Uh, and that, that's now become a permanent exhibit in, in the Army Museum. It's one of these sort of flip-through books. Um, I think that's uh, the cover of it. Uh, if oh, that's fantastic. And, and people uh, can it, buy that at the art. Can people get hold of that? They can't, I'm afraid. It's not for sale. It's only available uh, at the Army Museum. Um, but they asked me to do a feature showing some of the story papers uh, uh, for the relevant uh, decade. Uh, and that's the story paper. Uh, I drew I drew this really highly detailed, the Charger Light Brigade image, which came out so small, you couldn't see half the detail I did. Uh, I only managed to sneak some Zulus on, on the cover itself, um, you know, because they said they got enough in the Zulu War, which is a, ah, a shame okay. at the time. <laughs> you can never have enough. What's wrong with them? Well, exactly. I know. I know. Well, that's what my wife says as well. I mean, you know, as you know, any collector, you start buying the books and you think, well, it's only a small conflict. Not a lot happens. It's only rocks drift and it's Anwana. And lo and behold, the more and deeper you get into it, uh, which yeah. is why I'm looking forward to the uh, the Clash of Empires myself, meeting some of the the authors you know that I've not previously met and you know understanding their take on things. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be great. So for for anyone listening to the podcast now, it's already open. The symposium is the 12th to the 15th. You can still get tickets for that, and both Colin and I will be there. Looking forward to it, Chris. Brilliant. Well, Colin, before we wrap up, what's next for you? What else are you going to be working on in the future now that this is looking like it's wrapping up? Well, that's a good question. Well, I've, I'm a bit torn at the moment. I, I want to do more historical comics. Um, I'd like to do more Zulu War uh, in Tomby Drift and Sergeant Booth and his VC. Uh, that resonates with me. I'm also uh, Daddy Smith, uh, Padre Smith, Ammunition Smith from Rocks Drift. Um, he actually ended up not far from me. I'm actually based in Manchester these days. And he actually ended his days in Bolton, which is not too far away at the, at the barracks there, uh, where I think Chard himself actually spent some time. So I'm okay. interested in maybe exploring that. Uh, I also, um, on the you know on the comic side, I do, I do a Ghost Hunter character uh, called, uh, if we could just show, uh, Cornelius Macbeth. Um, he's from the Napoleonic Wars, uh, Battle of Waterloo, Royal Horse Artillery. Um, oh, nice. And I want to tell some more stories with him. I've got stories with him in my mind of uh, Osborne House in Queen Victoria uh, and a few other things. And, and I'd like to do, um, you know, Hector MacDonald and Fighting Mac uh, with Majuba 
uh, and so forth. And you know, Shangani Patrol. Uh, oh, Wilson. yeah. Um, um, so my family are not far from his hometown, up in Fochiburs, uh, in Scotland. Okay. So uh, it's the thing is, it's so rich, rich the whole time period. There's many things I'd like to do, um, but we'll see, we'll see. I just want to get to, um, the deluxe version out in people's hands first, and then move on from there, and, and we'll see. The comics, sadly, take a long time to produce. Uh, I'm not the quickest of artists, um, but I'll do my very best. So guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Be sure to get your tickets for the Clash of Empires exhibition. It's currently happening. The symposium, which is where a lot of people are gonna come and give talks, is happening between the 12th and the 15th of this month, July 2023. I'll be there, so will Colin, as well as greats like John Laband and Ian Knight. Just go to clashofempires.org symposium to find out more about that. And if you want a copy of my book about the Anglo-Zulu War, you can get it for free when you sign up over at redcoathistory.com newsletter. All right, guys, take care. <laughs>